Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today we will be speaking with Will Clyden, founder and CEO of Ojai Energetics. Uh, so Ojai Energetics makes CBD supplements with a proprietary absorption technology that is fast acting and is the most bioavailable. Welcome, Will. How are you today? Hey, thanks for having me. Doing great. So Will, tell me, how did you start Ojai and why did you choose to be a public benefit corporation? Um, great. Yeah. So back in end of 2013, um, I was looking for CBD. At that point, I thought I had to get it from a dispensary, um, was Googling it and it popped up on an Amazon banner saying that Amazon was selling CBD and fulfilling it. And I thought that's curious. I don't know how that's legal. Um, and I clicked through, ordered it, Amazon delivered it, and I went, wow, so something, there's something going on here because they got their legal to clear that. So I did some due diligence, and this was pre-2014 Farm Bill. Um, so I was using technically stock and stem from non-domestic grown hemp. And that particular product was, there was no C of A, they had synthetic fillers in it, and turns out that it was very likely incredibly contaminated with heavy metals. Um, and so I thought, well, someone's got to be making a clean product. Uh, and at that point, I couldn't find it. So that was the impetus. And then um, I'm all about regenerative systems and and uh, wanted to, you know, I think the cannabis plant is one of the most unique plants in the toolkit when it comes to regenerative systems. Um, and so wanted to create an entity that was a catalyst of good and could ripple impact on on multiple levels including from the structural organization so that's why i started as a as a pbc that's pretty cool uh, i love yeah. that you know, being a non-profit most people don't look at business in that perspective but you can still do great for the community uh do great for yourself the environment uh i also saw you're you're all about a triple bottom line uh, yep. i think that's great that uh, you are practicing this type of business model uh, not everybody sees business in that perspective and we have to look at it through that, that lens this day and age and but this exactly. plant that's cool that you've, you've gone that direction yeah, it's uh, it's rewarding. It's fun. Um, I think it's a privilege to work with the, with this plant. So. so, so what's your background then? How did you get into this? Um, all of this, if, if if you know, this is a new endeavor for you in 2014. What is your background? Yeah, so um, I studied sustainable community development, and then holistic health was my minor. And part of that program, um, I was studying permaculture design, which is essentially it's a systems design science. Uh, where you build things in harmony with nature as opposed to against it and you get um, maximum output with minimum uh, input once the system's up and running. Uh, in many ways, common sense um, that was lost. And so uh, in permaculture design, when designing uh, polyculture systems and looking at ways to build resiliency, one example is if we look at orchards currently in a conventional model, you don't have any ground cover. 
you're spraying water. Thankfully, it's starting to catch up, but overhead water, let's say, in the middle of the day, wasting water uh, and then importing bees to pollinate. Whereas you could plant uh, clover to fix the nitrogen, also attract the bees, and then other cover crops and, and sequester nitrogen in the soil as well as water and bring the pollinators and the predatory insects that keep the aphids down. And once you've built that, it's a higher upfront capital cost, but once it's there, it's a self-regenerating system with, with less needed input. So um, was looking at the cannabis plant from that perspective. It's an incredible dynamic accumulator, meaning that it pulls up nutrients from the soil and brings them to the surface. It also um, decompacts compacted uh, soil. Uh, and then from its utilitarian purposes, it's the most profound in terms of how many different uses ranging from plastics to food, to nutrients, to medicines, to even, uh, super capacitor batteries, which we, um, are actually working on with the national labs right now. Um, so it's really kind of profound and it fit right in with my passion to, uh, make an impact and build things in a way where all ships can rise and we can work as a symbiotic force on the planet as opposed to running a, a, a non-sustainable or non-long-term model uh, with a lot of waste. Uh, I mean, you're speaking music to my ears. Uh, I'm a natural resource major myself, and just uh, some. I'm, I'm, uh, you're, you're speaking my language, and I, I love where you're going with this. And so, I got a, a million questions here. Hopefully, we can fit them all <laughs> into this today. Um, let's let's dive into Ohio, and um, you know, there's there's quite a bit of CBD products in the marketplace. You know, you go to these trade shows, you see quite a bit of people. You've got some unique technology, and I'm going to read a quote that I got off of your site, and I want yep. want you to kind of explain this to me more as I get when I get done with this. So it says, we've cracked the code on how to make water-encapsulated full-spectrum CBD-rich oils without using any synthetic or synthetically modified compounds. In fact, we use only certified organic, regeneratively grown plants to do it. What does that mean? What And how do you differentiate yourself from your competitors? Yeah, uh, great. So, um, the, so the cannabis plant produces, um, the, the cannabinoids are fat-soluble, meaning that they, they don't like water, they're... Um, uh, which is really good for when they're in the bloodstream, but to get them into the bloodstream, it's got a very low bioavailability uh, because we have this water layer that uh, is essentially the gatekeeper into our body's bloodstream. And in order for when you eat a, a, a cannabis plant extract, it, 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 that's a fat-soluble formulation, it goes into the, uh, cannot get absorbed sublingually. Uh, so when people are doing that, it doesn't really make sense, uh, although you're going to get some of the water-soluble compounds in the cannabis plant, not the cannabinoids absorbing, but for the most part, um, it's not getting in. Uh, then it goes into the stomach. Then the gut has to process it through what's called first pass digestion. And what it does is it essentially is reading whatever you've eaten to make sure that it, it deems it worthy of getting into the blood. So it's kind of like the, the bouncer of the body is the water layer and that whole process. Cause once fat soluble compounds are in, they can travel anywhere. So we've got this, this gatekeeping system. Once it deems it worthy and not toxic and try uh, and, and it says, okay, you can come in, it's going to, the body secretes bile and it nano encapsulates the fats, whether it's cannabinoid complex or whatever into these um, nano uh, bubbles of, of, of water soluble encapsulated uh, form at about 40 nanometers, at which point it can pass the water and then it gets into the bloodstream, diffuses out, 
of the micelle if it's through the, the, the body's process and it goes on its way. So what we figured out how to do is to essentially keep the same particle size, do exactly uh, or very similar to what the body's doing um, without synthetics, which is really important, which I can dive into next, but uh, doing it in a manner that is biocompatible to the body and bypass that entire process so that the second that it touches the mucosal membrane, it gets into the body. And so um, that process of the body doing it with a regular CBD product is incredibly inefficient for the cannabinoids. So about 90% of what you're eating is actually destroyed via first pass digestion with, um, and, and only 10% makes it into the blood at best. And so you're paying for 100%, but you're only getting 10%. And that's why it takes about 30 minutes for the onset to kick in. If you, particularly with CBD, you're lucky if you'll feel anything. Um, <clears throat> when you look at the data, it shows that at bare minimum, you need about 250 milligrams of CBD. More data kicks in at around 500 milligrams of a fat-based formula, which means most people are no, getting nowhere near that. Um, and if they are getting benefits, my hypothesis is that if it's a full spectrum complex with trace amounts of THC, that in that first pass digestion, the THC becomes a compound called 11-hydroxy delta-9, which is bioactive at, at micro amounts and, and, and has an anti-inflammatory effect. So people are getting the benefit of the anti-inflammatory system, but most people have never actually felt what it feels like to properly turn their endocannabinoid system on via an effective dose of uh, full spectrum with high CBD content. And so we uh, figured out how to bypass that system, have a very rapid onset and have much greater bioavailability because it's not uh, needing to get through the encapsulation process in the gut that destroys 90% of it. That's fascinating. I mean, most people don't realize that this is happening and they may associate it to saying, oh, they just gave me some snake oil medicine. It was not real CBD. When in all actuality, you were probably getting the right dosage. It's just the efficacy wasn't there. The body couldn't absorb it and it 90% went out right as you uh, ate it. And so that's so fascinating to see and understand that most people aren't really truly getting the benefits then. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so... Uh, and it makes sense too from the, the data lines up of, of how much, why we need so much. Um, if we look at the anthropological usage of this plant, it's one of the oldest domesticated plants on the planet. So right when we went uh, really into agriculture from hunter-gatherer, we have record in Asia and China of it being one of the first domesticated plants and actually recognized as one of the three great treasures in the herbal and, and um, and at that point, if you're growing a plant and you have agriculture, what are you going to do? You're going to feed the, the parts to the animals that you're also rearing. Uh, the Scythians took um, cannabis from that region, brought it anywhere they went. They brought it to the Greeks and then who brought it to the Romans. And then anywhere Rome colonized, they brought cannabis. Uh, it also made its way through the Silk Road. The Romans brought it to the Spanish and to the Brits. It had already migrated up through the Nordic regions in Russia and to and made it to the kind of the Vikings who had it as well. Um, but subsequently, the British and the Spanish brought it to the Americas. The first law in the country, the colonies, was you would be fined if you didn't grow cannabis in Virginia for the crown. Um, it was ubiquitous um, and fed to animals regularly. If you grow a crop, you, you feed your greens. 
a Colorado study, uh, they didn't fully publish it, I think because of the implications of disruption. I know an individual who was part of that study. Um, and we'll hold that thought yeah. real quick. I want, yeah. to take a, I want to take a quick break. Yep. And when we come back, we'll uh, continue that conversation. Have Sorry it. to catch you off there. Yeah, no worries. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I've got Will Clyden, the founder and CEO of Ojai Energetics. Will, sorry to cut you off there. If you want to continue with what you were saying about Colorado and... Yeah. Uh, so, so, they, so they did a study on hemp-fed chickens and found that hemp-fed chickens had up to 1% CBDA content per egg uh, when homogenized. That means about 250... Little, you know, when you heat the egg, you're going to decarboxylate the CBDA and the CBD... And that's a substantial amount of CBD that you'd be getting from one egg. So <laughs> I love it. Right. And, and uh, so our bodies have adapted having these micronutrient complexes, not just CBD by itself, but the CBC and CBG and polyphenols and all these other uh, cannabinoids um, for millennia. So we artificially cut it out of the diet in prohibition in the mid thirties. Uh, subsequently turned down our bodies on the cannabinoid system by cutting out its fuel, uh, fuel supply. Uh, and that's why it's more critical than ever with more oxidative stress and everything that's going on 
in the modern era to get that system back up online and why it's really important to actually take an effective dose range to, to, to see what it's like to, to fuel your endocannabinoid system. How, why is organic important yeah. to you as a core value to your business? I'm reading this all over. It kind of falls into your triple line and your PBC business. Um, so how, why organic? Why is that so important? Why is it a core value? Yeah. Um, and, and we, we try and go even beyond with, um, with polyculture systems and regenerative systems, um, but that's a, it's a, such an important base to start from. Uh, multiple reasons, um, primarily from a health perspective. Um, you do, like so, for example, we talked on earlier of, of hemp being a dynamic accumulator. If you grow the hemp in toxic soil that's high in heavy metals and um, other petrochemicals, it's going to bioaccumulate them. And it's great for cleaning the soil. It's not good for consuming. Um, and so we actually set the standard back in 2014 to post per batch uh, third-party uh, analytics from an ISO lab testing for cannabinoids, terpenes, and then beyond that of heavy metals, volatile organic compounds, uh, pesticides, and herbicides. And so... Um, Thankfully, it started to get adapted. I'd like to see it more as there's this flood, like we talked about, you mentioned earlier, the, of products coming to the market. But it's really important to know what you're putting in your body. Um, you've got people doing bathtub extractions using hexane and other compounds. And if they're not flushing properly, you don't want to be eating that uh, and a whole host of issues. So when you have certified organic, you know that it's met the standard of, of, of clean inputs. And then beyond that, with the third-party testing, we test for everything and show what, what you're putting in your body every time. Um, and then when it comes to solubilization, so when you take something and you encapsulate it and solubilize it, you're basically getting it past the gatekeeper. Now, if you do that with a petroleum compound or a synthetic compound, normally at macro scale, the body would, would say this should not ever get into the blood. Let's flush it out. With uh, polyethylene glycol at macro scale, that's used as in Miralax uh, because the body rejects it and never lets it into the bloodstream. So people can take that and then nanosize it, and that enables it to not only get past the gatekeeper into the bloodstream, but then lodge into cellular tissues, and it can break down into uh, formaldehyde and pop uh, air blood bubbles in the spleen and the liver. So I think most people would not want to knowingly eat nanosynthetics, uh, and for good reason. And so that's another point is you can never use synthetics in uh, organic formulations. And so we figured out how to do this and encapsulate it using uh, only certified organic plants. And so we're actually keeping um, everything what the body would naturally intake as opposed to sneaking that in and then creating uh, potential harm. Fascinating. I had no idea. That is pretty dang cool. <laughs> pretty neat. It's fun. No, it is. It's pretty neat. With that being said, what are the products? What What are the different products that you guys offer? And what are the, your kind of directive use, I guess we'll say, behind them as I'm kind of alluding to another question I've got here coming up? Yeah. So uh, we've got uh, on, our, on our brand side, um, three offerings. We've got some more coming out in the pipeline. Uh, the core is our elixir and then our sports gel which uses the water-soluble tech, and then our coconut oil, which is just a regular fat-based formulation. It's great. Fat-based formulas, um, don't recommend them for internal use due to bioavailability issues, but for topical, uh, they're great. 
Uh, and it's also, you can use it um, once your system's online, you can take it internally to, for little boosts. Uh, so those are the three core offerings. Then we also, uh, using the tech, power other companies to have formulations licensing our patents uh, that are issued on uh, water-soluble cannabinoid complexes. Uh, so one example is the LifeAid beverage. Um, they, we powered their, their drinks. We've got some of the biggest beverage companies in the pipeline. They're waiting on FDA clarification, which is, uh, it's not if, but when, and, and we know the path it's going to, uh, have to be clarified sooner than later. Um, and then we also have our technology, uh, we're in process with a large alcohol company for Canada using the technology for THC. Uh, where we have about a 30-second onset edible that's strain-specific, so it's true to type. It, a Kush feels like a Kush, uh, and a Jack Herrera hits like a Jack Herrera from a drink, which is uh, game-changing, and so we've got that in the pipeline. Um, and then we're also... So those are the core offerings, and, and we built out a robust patent portfolio uh, in it ranges from, from that side of it all the way to supercapacitor batteries um, that can uh, scale. And so we're in with Creda with Lawrence Livermore Berkeley Labs and National Labs. They looked at it. We brought in a PhD from Stanford uh, in molecular engineering who figured out how to scale this tech, uh, brought it to LBNL, and they went, wow, this is going to work. So that's going to be pretty exciting because it uh, opens up the bottleneck of, of, uh, energy storage. What other THC type, uh, products are we see, are we going to see? Is it just in Canada for now? Are you working with any U S companies? I think uh, this so, is going to be game changing on the, on a THC side as well. Yeah. Uh, so we're not doing it domestically until we get federal, uh, or at least the States act, which should pass. Uh, the public wants it. It's good. There's no harm in it. It's just going to stimulate jobs and uh, help people. So I think that's hopefully sooner than later. Um, and then related to THC domestically, we've figured out the antidote to THC intoxication. Uh, so we can get someone completely sober uh, in our current formula, it, it's about five minutes. And then when we roll out a nasal spray, it should be about 30 seconds. I think this is fascinating where just tourists come to Colorado or any state in general, they want to try for the first time or they're excited to be here and they over overindulge and it can be a not so fun experience, for, <laughs> you know, and I see animals that get into people's stashes yes. and just the poor animals. I, that's where my, my, my heart really hurts because I'm yeah. an animal lover and you don't want to see them suffer and just their equilibrium is off and it's, it's a, it's not fun for them. And to know that you guys are to really be, being able to figure this out. This is huge. I mean, for hospitals or even for dispensaries, I don't know where you would distribute this from, but I think there's so many different applications that are needed for a product like this. How freaking cool. Yeah, you nailed I mean, it, it's uh dispensary. So the, the only like, you, you can't die from cannabis, right? Uh, but you can feel like you're dead if you take it. <laughs> and people do freak out and then they get brought to you. Um, emergency rooms, which are really not equipped for that, in no. general, especially now. But uh, what they do is they just give them barbiturates, which you can die from. Um, <laughs> which makes it worse. <laughs> yes. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's a real um, uh, a problem that we've, we've really solved. And um, it, the dispensaries are all for it. 
got support in California and, and everyone I've talked to you in the other states. And then same for ER, first responders would be best, mm-hmm. right? You're not clogging. Mm-hmm. And I just learned, um, it turns out that dogs uh, can actually die from too much tears. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you've seen, I've seen some of these animals where you just like, oh my goodness, this is not good for that. And to know that it takes 12, 14, 18 hours for them to finally get the relief from it, that's scary, you know? Yeah, and and it's uh, like humans, because we've evolved with it for so long, most likely um, is, is we have this mechanism that when there's too much THC in the brain agonizing the CB1 receptor, the brain floods itself with a compound called pregnenolone, and that actually essentially binds to a different spot on CB1 and shuts it down. Now, you've still got the psychedelic high, so it doesn't get rid of the high, but it gets rid of the stoned element, mm-hmm. um, where some people have experienced with extreme amounts of cannabis, uh, like getting sober feeling, but they're still kind of, it's kind of trippy. That's because the THC is binding to uh, a serotonin receptor as well. That is the same serotonin receptor that LSD and psilocybin and DMT Mm -hmm. binds to. Mm -hmm. So there's a twofold effect of, of, of THC in the brain. Pregnenolone is one of them. Dogs don't have that built in mechanism the same way. So if it doesn't hit, they can, um, seize out or have heart attacks. So this hold that yeah. thought. Hold that thought real quick. Let's take a quick break. Yep. And then we'll come back to this. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We we're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, 
and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. This is Ellis Smith with Will from uh, Ojai Energetics. Uh, Will, if you would continue with the dog conversation, I apologize for cutting you off there. We've got about six minutes left there, so just know that uh, we've got we got about six minutes left. Right on. Um, yeah, so, the, so dogs don't have that uh, same built-in response that we do, um, but they have the same receptors, so it should work. Um which is really important. Uh, and so we figured out, yeah, the, how to get pregnenolone safely into the brain. And then additionally, CBD um, binds to the serotonin receptor and shuts that down. So when you combine it and in a, a, a way that can actually cross into the brain, you've got both sides of the equation taken care of. And um, there's also a lot of other potential uses there, but um, from from uh, traumatic brain injury perspective and all sorts of things. But um, yeah. Interesting. I want to take a little more deeper dive. And as I was doing some research on your website and I'm reading some of the testimonials from the folks using it, some guys are saying they're sleeping good through the night and never sleep this good before. As I was getting down into seeing some of the relationships that you have with an organic grocer and some of these other cafes, I saw that you had a comment from one of your advisory board members. I hope I don't mispronounce her name. Kesa? Kaska. Kaska Mimidor. And she made Kaska. a comment about um, she knows flow state and how vital it is to have a healthy endocannabinoid system to achieve it. Now, I'm a flow state fanatic. I research, yeah. I read books on it. I know all about flow. I'm an action sports junkie. And so for me, flow I state is what I chase daily. Yep. The reason why I consume cannabis because it helps me achieve flow as well. Exactly. And so I'm really fascinated by hearing the different testimonials and comments. And are you really giving us a direction in, in, a, in an area to say, we have found this is proven to give you these types of experiences repeatedly over and over and over, and you should give it a try too. Is that what you're kind of leading to? Because that's what I'm picking up. And if so, I'm fascinated to really try your product myself, because like I said, I'm a flow fanatic. I'm trying to reach that peak flow daily. And how long can I sustain that for? Not just a few minutes. I want to go hours in that mind space. I want to know about your product and that with that, with, with what her comment is and what are you guys getting at? You're cracking the code here. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, um, I love it. Uh, so we can't, um, we, we don't have enough data yet to definitively say like, take it at this point in this. Uh, and then it's going to, you know, um, we, we need more data. Uh, sure. We've got a ton of pro athletes and um, people, myself included, who no notice from their, our own experience that the, the uh, quality and ease to get into flow is, uh, is definitely enhanced. Um, and so we've teamed up with uh, Stephen Kotler. Who's, yeah, man, I've read all his freaking books. I was yeah. about to say, man. So The Rise of Superman, I mean, you name it. I mean, I'm, I, trust me, I know, I know flow very well. So this is cool. You're, you're talking I love about this. Stephen. Yeah, so he's a good friend um, awesome. and awesome. is now he's on our advisory board. So we're actually doing cool. the first flow study uh, on cannabis and flow. 
and um, we've got UCLA researchers, we've got the IRB approved. Uh, and so we're going to really start digging into um, what type of cannabinoid formulas, when, and like you mentioned, everyone knows, particularly in extreme sports, right, which is really the driver of, of flow in many ways, um, that uh, particularly sativa uh, helps get into flow and, and, and also a, a cup of coffee first and then some uh, a sativa is definitely a way to hack there. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Sour diesel, man, that's my hack. And I found yeah. that it's a specific terpene is what I've really found yeah. that's given me that experience I'm jobbing on. And it's, it's my daily bread because yeah. of that, you so, know? So terps are really where, like, they're, the, in my opinion, the, the, the stars of the show. Agreed. Uh, and they drive, and so Dr. Michelle Sexton is a great lead in, in, in terpene research in, in a, I think it was 2015. I was walking and I was in flow and I had this, this I, I was like wondering why, a, a, you know, a sour D hits like that and, and, and these vastly nuanced different experiences with different strains. When you look at the minor cannabinoids and the major cannabinoids, there's not that much variance. Now, there could be some interplay with cannabinoids that we're not testing for, but the real the difference is the terpene profiles. And so I had this image of, of the terps acting like little tugboats to the cannabinoids and payload delivering them at targeted spots. And so I called Michelle, Dr. Michelle, and she, and she had said that the, her research was demonstrating the same thing. And so terpenes are even less bioavailable than cannabinoids when you eat them. Um, and they're really effective through inhalation. Yeah. So they go into olfactory bulb and then they deploy, they actually cross blood brain into hypothalamus and then they go out and do their thing. So with our formula, because of the rapid onset, you can take it and then smell a terpene complex and get a viscerally different response. Wow. Um, and so you, we can actually custom curate strain on demand. Now, limonene, right, it, it, it directs the cannabinoids more to the dopamine receptors. And, um, and, and so that's where sativas tend to be higher. And limonene is where we're, you know, we're leaning towards from a, from a flow perspective is that combination. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. It's fun. Well, here's, here's the thing. I got to wrap this up here. I want to, I'm going to have you come back on. You and I are going to have another talk. I'd love that. Talk about this flow. You and I just hit a segment that I'm so passionate about and there's so much to be, be learned on this. So yes. we're going to do another one. So I'm going to wrap this up here, but uh, I want to thank you again for coming on today, man. It was a great conversation. I appreciate y'all. You bet. Uh, so, uh, Will Clyden, founder and CEO of Ohio Energetics. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Thanks a lot. We'll appreciate it. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.